Hey everyone, it's uh, Sam Shaw, founder of Wall Street Mastermind. I'm back today with another client interview for you guys. Today, I'm excited to have Tyler on here with us. Um, Tyler, uh, we've been working with Tyler for just over a year, and uh, he's recently wrapped up his recruiting process um, successfully. And uh, Tyler has a unique um, kind of background versus, you know, most of the clients that we typically work with. So definitely want to get him to come on here and just kind of talk about his experience a little bit. And uh, hopefully that can, uh, you know, help some of you guys out. So Tyler, thanks for uh, taking the time to be on here with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Sam. Awesome. Um, if you don't mind, maybe just to kick things off, just kind of like introducing yourself a little bit, giving people an idea of kind of your profile or where you were coming from coming into this whole process. Yeah, absolutely. So grew up in Oswego, suburb of Chicago here. And I'll give the honest answer, not a not necessarily an interview answer. So I uh, started out my college career at Stevens Point in Wisconsin, went up there to play college football. And uh, after a year, it came to a close pretty quick and then came back home, tried to figure some things out, went to community college for a year and uh, you know, ultimately decided that I wanted to do something in business and kind of go the finance route and um, not necessarily knew where I wanted to go exactly yet, but um, just start to enroll in some classes and kind of started to pick um, the grades back up a little bit at that time. And uh, they kick you out after two years of community college. So decided to go out to the University of Kansas. Um, and then uh, here's where the story gets a little interesting. A few weeks before I left, I found out I was going to have a daughter. So uh, I have the most beautiful three-year-old at this point in the world. And um, really, I was at Kansas for about a semester and ultimately came back home, a little closer to home and finished up my college career at Illinois State. So it was definitely a roller coaster, but, um, you know, I was able to finish school, graduate, uh, and I got involved with the CFA Chicago uh, Society and went to their career fair uh, my last year of college and landed a role at Marshall and Stevens. It's a valuation shop here in Chicago. And I've been working here for about a year and a half or coming up on two years. Um, and about a year into my role, I realized that uh, I was doing, you know, back end work of uh, M&A transactions and doing some valuations to um, come up with equity values and companies to, to buy or sell interest and, and to raise money in some instances. But uh, I really found that it's much more exciting to be directly part of these deals and kind of be a supporting cast. And so that's kind of when um, uh, I, I decided that I wanted to make a shift into banking. I was kind of seeing a lot of these um, deals from afar and I realized that it was much more exciting to be directly a part of them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So kind of uh, one year out of school, basically, you decided that, hey, maybe valuation is not the thing for you long-term. You want to go into banking. And is that kind of when you found us or did you kind of then start doing some stuff on your own first and trying to figure things out? Like, yeah, or yeah. Well, one thing that I knew working in Chicago when I graduated, I always enjoyed talking to people and kind of networking a little bit. And I knew that there was plenty of people to talk to in Chicago, big city. And so uh, there's no shortage in that front. So um, you know, it was really talking to people on the asset management side, but then also started to, um, as, as I was working on these projects, getting more exposure to the investment banking side and started reaching out to people in the Chicagoland area. And I actually got into one process about nine months into my role. And uh, <laughs> I didn't get the job, obviously, but 
at that point, I kind of realized, wow, this is actually really hard to get into. And, and I'm not, um, you know, my skill set isn't up to par. Uh, I'm not well versed in this industry yet. And so I needed, or I, I knew that I needed some help. And so that's kind of when I started to see some things pop up about you online and uh, ultimately just, just reached out and and we had um, our, our, our first conversation. I remember uh, I was so worried because we had it like in the middle of a work day. And so we were pushing on like the two hour mark of talking. I was like, Sam, like, I think we could talk all day, but I just have to go back to work. So um, uh-huh. we kind of hit it off uh, pretty quickly. And I knew that, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was a great program to potentially get involved and really have another shot at, an, at a process again and actually close the deal and not just, you know, be thrown in the washer machine and, and kind of thrown out. Yeah. So just to be clear, that process you went through, that was with the like a regional boutique investment bank or that? Yeah. Was- yeah. Yeah. I was with a more small regional boutique bank here in Chicago. Okay. Got it. And what, like you said, you went through the process and then you realized that you weren't really up to par. Like what exactly happened? Was it just the interview went really poorly or you know, what made you feel that way? Yeah. I yeah. I mean, I went through two kind of introductory interviews and they were okay. I mean, there's questions that you're going to get in every interview. And I kind of prepared answers a little bit and, and I tried to rehearse them, but ultimately just kind of banked on, I feel like I can talk to people and I'll be okay in these interviews and not necessarily perfecting the, my, my, my responses. And then those went okay, like I said. And then uh, I got um, a case uh, study for to, to do for them. And really, here's really just like a to build out a three statement model, LBO model put together a little presentation and um you know i was scrambling all weekend to try to figure out how to do all those things and and really perfect them and uh ultimately after that um i didn't get the job after that and i and and i realized now kind of after a year it was atrocious like i wouldn't even want to dig back those files that that, that i put together and it's just kind of things that i didn't know how to properly put together a powerpoint presentation i don't know how to you know fully build out an lbo model and things like that so uh, they were probably just, just like, this is a piece of crap. And, and, and um, it obviously didn't do me any good as, as the interview process ended right after that. Got it. So definitely the technical side, you felt like needed some work after working on the case study. And then on the behavioral side, you felt like you could talk to people, but it didn't. didn't right. Feel like- Even on the behavioral side, it, it's, it's, I know you've probably had a few of these. Some people are probably listening to this and, and, and have heard, yeah, well, I can talk to people. I'll be okay on the behavioral front, but there's so many different types of questions. You have to understand how, how, what kind of angle that they're coming at and they'll try to phrase a question in a unique way, but really they're just like, like what they're trying to ask you and you have to understand what they're coming at and really dive deep into your past experiences, gain solid experience and really be able to talk about Say a time you, you worked in tight deadlines, you, you, you worked hard, you, you worked with the team. And um, I mean, there's ample amount of directions you can go there, but really crafting the story and kind of knowing it on the back of your hand. And, and that takes a lot of study and work and preparation along the way that I just didn't do. And I felt like I could just lean on uh, being able to talk to somebody and walking through an, an example that, um, you know, it might last you a little bit, but to really close one of these processes, you, you have to understand the competition that you're going up against and, and just doing that isn't, isn't enough. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you found us, you hopped on a call with us. We talked for way too long at work. 
and then uh, you decide to, well, like what, what went into your decision to um, come in this program? Cause it probably wasn't like uh, it wasn't like a snap second decision for you. Like you probably have to think yeah. long and hard about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like kind of like describe that those few days or I don't remember it was a few days or a week or two weeks or whatever, where you're kind of like going back and forth on the decision of, Hey, should I do Wall Street Mastermind? Um, like, what, what was your thought process? If you yeah. remember? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Let's, let's go back a little bit. And at first I, I knew it was something that like I wanted to get into and I was out of college. I was living on my own. So it was ultimately my decision. I didn't need get my parents approval or anything. So it was ultimately you know, what did I want to do? And I talked it over with my girlfriend a little bit and, and um, you know, she was supportive on that end. You were open enough for me to talk to a few of your past clients and kind of see what, what worked for them. How were they able to close this process and um, you know, really what value you brought um, kind of to the table and doing all those things. It really just kind of confirmed me that like, Hey, I can go down this, this path. And after working for a year, I almost assessed it as like an opportunity cost type thing of, Am I going to continue going down the valuation route where it's a pretty predictable career path or can I go maybe, maybe take a little risk or um, kind of bet on myself a little bit in, in this other path of banking? Wow. And look at all the type of things that could happen in, 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 in that industry, whether it's, you know, you're a banker for life or uh, different pathways that can kind of open up after that. And so, you know, I really thought of it as there, there was minimal risk. Uh, coming into it and, and an unlimited upside potential coming out of it. And so um, I would say those are good bets to try to, 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 to try to enter into. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great point. So basically you, you treated it, you treated this decision as an investment decision, right. which is really what it is. And with any investment, you evaluate the risk and the reward and, you only invest if the rewards are far, uh, if the rewards far out. Exactly. Exactly. That makes sense. Um, so then you, you came in to the program. Um, like I said, that was maybe a year ago. So walk us through what's been happening over the last year. Like yeah. what you've been up to, you know, just give us yeah. the, give us a DL. <laughs> yeah. So I think when I told you that I got an offer, it was at the end of February. And I was like, I, I think it was right around this time last year is when I signed up. And you said the, the 28th is when I signed up. So, yeah. so that was a completely different world that we lived in uh, than we do now. So um, basically started, uh, was going to class, doing some of the things that, that, that you were teaching, technical, behavioral, resume, cover letter, kind of putting all these things together. And and obviously COVID hit and it shook a lot of things up. And to be honest with you, that was probably one of the best things that could have ever happened to me lateraling into banking, gave me a lot more flexibility in my day, a lot more e easier opportunities to network and whatnot. But um, so that, that was kind of looking back a, a benefit that happened, but on the flip side of that also uh, everybody froze the recruiting process at that point. So um, I kind of saw it as an opportunity that you helped me get, I worked a remote internship um, during that really first three months of the lockdown last year um, where I worked it on top of my job at Marshall and Stevens. So kind of like a morning nights and weekend type thing. Uh, the yeah. People there were, were, were willing to be flexible with me and kind of allow me to operate outside of that. But um, it was more with a buy side advisor. And so I was able to take a deeper dive into LBO models. I was able to work on some presentations and put those together and really build up my resume and experience level 
um, to, to one, have better examples in interviews, but also on paper look better uh, presenting to, to employers and, and companies out there. So that certainly helped. And then um, that was put in about June and, you know, it was still pretty choppy time there. And, and so um, within those next few months, I started saying, all right, I, I think people are getting a little bit better footing on them and started reaching out, networking. Uh, like I said, I was working a job, so I didn't want to like overwhelm myself. So I was pretty consistent day in and day out sending, I don't know, at the beginning, it was probably 10 to 20 emails a day. Um, you get fair response or, or I, I guess um, um, people responding and setting up calls. Uh, one thing I found people are, are really uh, willing to do that. People are pretty nice and, and they're open to help you out a little bit. So um, things were going good, but I kind of found some people in two buckets at that time. One, uh, they're still froze on hiring. And then another one was people are slammed. And so seeing that, I saw this as an opportunity. I was like, all right, well, people are going to be hiring. And so though that, that kind of, um, I'd say average reach out uh, obviously wasn't getting it done. And so kind of towards the end of 2020 into the beginning of this year, um, one, I was kind of tired of just doing this casual network reach out. I was like, how long can this possibly drag out for? And I was like, I'm just going to slam it at the wall and let's figure out what happens. So uh, I started sending out 40, 50 emails a day. And uh, <laughs> I, I had about a month of overwhelming networking calls where uh, it, it was it, it was just nonstop throughout a, a work day and kind of weekends. And I was just calling people all the time. And um, really, it was almost like a like you step, or you're like you have to step up to the plate a little bit and get and, and just get reps and get at bats and and just start throwing a lot of things at the wall and so ultimately coming out of that um i knew that this was probably my my not the last opportunity to close one of these processes but uh, i was getting to the end of it um and i thought you know if i couldn't close one of these like when am i really going to do it and so i was pretty active in you know three processes over this past uh, two months and and luckily one closed a, a few weeks ago and got an offer. Got it. Okay. Um, so a lot of good stuff there. Um, but to just recap, yep. you joined the program literally probably a week before COVID started. So there's that. <laughs> Perfect timing. Um, yeah. So that was unplanned. Um, I guess you kind of, Obviously, that, that, that was tough in the beginning because there's a lot of uncertainty in the markets and yep. nobody knew what was going on and people weren't really hiring, but you kind of also took advantage of the situation and um, used the opportunity to basically work from home, which allowed you to uh, take on an extra internship that you would not have been able to take on otherwise. And yep. you used that to beef up your experience, even though, uh, yeah, like you, even though you were already working a valuation job, but just to get like even more direct exposure to, yep. I guess, transaction work or like, you know, working on, like you said, building LBO models and things like that. Right. Yep. So I thought that's really cool because you got really resourceful there um, <clears throat> and just kind of uh, made the most out of the situation. Right. Um, and then the second thing that you really talked about was the networking piece, which, I mean, you started out sending 10, 20 emails a day and then some time passed and you're like, okay, time to ratchet it up. And then you kind of, what, I guess doubled that or maybe yeah. <laughs> Double, two, tripled it. <laughs> two to three X what you were doing before. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how many calls were you having 
a week roughly then at the time. There's probably, I mean, calls a week, 10 plus. I mean, it, it, it really does flow in pretty heavy. And then, I mean, once kind of the interview started to pick up, it, it started to slow down. So it was probably about a month and a half of, I'd say seven to 10 calls a week. And then, uh, you know, after some of these, I started getting into interview processes. I, I obviously couldn't and didn't feel the need to keep that high pace of email reach out and really focus on some of these interview processes. And, um, and, but then it was just more interviews all the time. And what I found throughout this time as well is, is people are interviewing a lot more. Um, super days are a little more extensive than I, I guess typically. And uh, you know, one, it's because they want to make sure you're a fit, but also it's remote. It's hard to assess somebody over a computer. And so they're trying to get as many touch points as possible um, and, and get as many data points to, to ultimately make a decision. And the one that I landed, it was, it was a good month and a half of, of calls pretty much every week and um, a few case studies and presenting those case studies and then, um, you know, going through more interviews and whatnot. So it was, um, it was a lot in a short period of time. You say you had to, you interview with them for one and a half months. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, every single week so like for like six um i i i wouldn't say every week but sometimes it was i i mean it's pretty close though yeah okay got it um that's a lot so how many interviews <laughs> total did you have to do with them i'd say around 10 wow eight nine ten somewhere in that range okay got it and some of those interviews were just standard, like behavioral interview, technical interviews. And then you said you also have to do multiple case studies. Yeah. Yeah. So it kicked off with, um, you know, just the typical, hey, introductory email. Another one got more into technicals. Another one got on a little more behavioral side. And then I had a case study modeling exercise and then, you know, do a little methodology approaches as well, or evaluation methodology approaches and then uh, put a presentation together as well. So um, that was over, I guess. It was, it was, I call those two different case studies, but it was over the same weekend. And then after that, um, one follow-up call and then a super day. So it was, it was <coughs> super day was five interviews. So you kind of put all of those together. It, it adds up pretty quick. Yeah, okay. Um, and so, I mean, how did... Like what, what did you do inside of Wall Street Mastermind? <clears throat> How did that, you know, kind of impact the outcome for you? Like, yeah. Yeah. I think the, the beginning is, is very foundational to really like, so like the first three months where it's very more, more hands-on hand holding, things like that, kind of perfecting the resume cover letter, getting answers to these questions, writing them out, getting reviews and really just learning more deeper on the technical side. And so it's very core to being able to present yourself in an interview process. And then unfortunately the last nine months was more kind of um, experience building and networking. And it, it, it kind of took a long time, but um, ultimately it, it was, it was like a reps thing that, that helped me in the networking that, um, you know, it kind of started off of you, you guys guide to help of, questions to ask how these conversations should go. And then eventually you kind of, you know, take the training wheels off and you can, you, you can steer the conversation any way you want. But, but the biggest one that I had in your team is very useful in this aspect of just doing some mock interviews and 
opening your mouth and, and practicing these questions. Like you can say it to yourself, you can say it to a mirror, the wall all day long, but until you're actually presenting it to somebody, that's really where you kind of get the nerves out a little bit. You can work through um, kind of softer spots that you have in these answers and, and really perfect them to when, you know, it's go time. You're, you're, you're giving the best um, effort that you have. And, and it really does stick out to, to other candidates and understanding the people that you're going against. And at least in my situation where there are people that could have been in investment banking for a year and looking to uh, kind of switch firms. And those were the kind of people that I was going up against. And I knew that I was, that it was pretty difficult. And, and, and I had to give something a little bit more uh, than, than just, on a piece of paper and valuation wasn't good enough to compete against those people. So I had to re really perfect myself and, and the internship also helped a lot. Got it. Yeah, that's a great point, which is because you're trying to lateral in uh, as an experienced hire. Yep. And typically for those positions, uh, you're usually going to be going up against people from other investment banks who are maybe trying to lateral to a better bank. And so yep. it's a bit of a handicap uh, I mean, valuation, obviously, it's, it's a relevant field, but it's not directly doing uh, exactly. investment banking, right? So what do you think was, what do you think, why do you think you were able to kind of like set yourself apart um, and kind of like overcome that handicap, so to speak? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you look back and I, I'm, and this is really what I pointed to, and you kind of dig deep into, at least I did, of kind of like, how'd you grow up? Like what type of skills or what type of things are ingrained in you that, that you kind of pride yourself on that you hold tight to yourself. And so I grew up playing sports. I was, I always played football and, and baseball and things like that. And so you know, I always knew that I was pretty good communicating and working with a team. And, and so, I mean, there's, there's no two, it's, it's very prevalent to me today uh, more than ever that, those are the two things that are ridiculously important in any job, uh, especially in banking. And so being able to kind of take those things and put say more modern or more current experiences behind those two types of skills is what you know, I was able to do. And, and the, the things that I really emphasize um, because you do get asked the question, why should we hire you? And, and that's a glorified answer or a glorified question of saying, like, what do you bring to the table? Right. And well, what's, what's different about you? So, um, those are the things that I tried to to um, at least gear it towards more on the intangible side because people did tangibly have better experience than me. And so I know that they had to to hire me as a person and over, say, another personality or another person that may might have had a little more experience. Yeah, that's a great point. So, I mean, you mentioned the intangibles, but essentially it sounds like what it really came down to is Obviously, your technical skills have to be on point. You got to show that you can do the job just as well as these other banking analysts, which is where, you know, those case studies come in and building those models and making those presentations. And I think, obviously, you have to prove yourself there. But perhaps even more importantly, on the behavioral side is where you really have to set yourself apart because chances are, like, the models that you were able to build and the presentations that you made, those other analysts that are already banking that you're competing against they also knew how to do that so that's probably not the at least not the primary reason why you got hired over that exactly, exactly. Primary, like where you can really set yourself apart is how you tell your story and yep. like kind of how you highlight your strengths relative to other people uh what are some personal and tracing qualities that you have um and not just 
saying you have those things, but really being being able to tell a compelling story around it uh, where it's convincing. Exactly. You're spot on right there, Sam. Got it. Okay. Awesome, man. Uh, that's, that's really helpful. So um, are you, and so you say you, you had, you ended up having three different processes with three different banks and then you ended up getting an offer from one of them. Is that, is that right? Yep. Um, are you comfortable telling people like, either where you'll be going or what type of bank you'll be going to or I mean, whatever you're willing to share. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually um, a big shakeup for me. So uh, I'll be working at a middle market Canadian bank out in San Francisco. Uh, I know there's a lot of, a lot of debate on if that's the best place to move to right now, but uh, at the end of the month here where we're in March, 2021, um, I'll be moving out to San Francisco and actually quite surprisingly they're, they're uh, in an office. So, I'll be able to kind of get the more the more traditional uh, experience in banking, and I I actually personally think it might be a net benefit uh, to me. Although it is kind of the pain to get out of the hibernation of being at home for for the last year, but I think it's it it does help the learning, especially in those first couple of years. And right. um, you know, I can have somebody sit next to me. I can have a managing director in the office. I can do those yeah. things. So I'm 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 uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, it's a yeah. big move, but but I think it's an awesome opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think it's honestly, I think it's a great outcome. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, you got into a middle market bank, which, you know, coming from no banking experience um, is typically pretty difficult to do because a lot of those, um, a lot of those jobs descriptions, you'll see, they say like, we want someone with at least one year of banking experience uh, for, for you to qualify. And obviously, um, I'm sure that, you know, you got them to make an exception for you just through your networking efforts and whatnot. And so that's, um, that's obviously awesome. So super happy for you. Um, One thing on that, people that are, you know, I I, I know most of your clients are coming out of college and I, and I think this is applicable to them as well. Like even job descriptions, if they say some sort of work experience is required, Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily required. I, I, I kind of see it as a way of, it, it just, um, you know, gets people to not apply because they don't think that they're qualified. And so uh, you can't really enter the process unless you, you, you know, you step up to the plate. So uh, don't let that scare you. Don't let that kind of, um, you know, uh, deter you away from applying to a role and just, you have to work a little harder on the networking side. And if you get people yeah. within the firm to, to kind of vouch for you, that, that's, that's much more effective than having one year of investment banking experience that, that may be required for the role. That's a really good point. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, when employers list a bunch of requirements on the job description, more often than not, I'm not saying always, sometimes maybe it's true, but more often than not, it's just their wish list, right? Like right. If, they could, if they could build their ideal, perfect, prototypical candidate, this is what it would be. But they understand that uh, most of the time, you're not going to, you're not going to get everything that you want. Right. So they're just looking for people that, um, Ultimately, I mean, ideally check as many boxes as possible, but, uh, you know, most of those things can be overcome if you are able to uh, position yourself the right way as a candidate, right? Um, so I guess one last question for you, because I don't want to keep you for too long, but um, if you, for those, of, for those of our listeners who are listening to this right now, maybe they're in a similar situation as you, maybe they've been graduated for, you know, a year, two years, 
they're working in, I don't know, some other field within accounting or finance, but, you know, not necessarily in banking. And they're kind of feeling like there's got to be more to it than this. And this is not what I want to make a career out of. And they're intrigued by the idea of uh, wanting to break into investment banking. Obviously, you know a lot more today than you did a year ago when you first started this process, right? So if if the, the, the version of Tyler today could speak to the version of Tyler from a year ago and tell yourself something that would make this last year go a lot easier and a lot smoother for you, like what is one piece of advice that you would have given yourself? Start earlier. <laughs> That's number one. But outside of that, um, I was at least in the position of. That's always the. That's always the easy. Answer. <laughs> right. Exactly. You, you have no idea how many times I get that answer when I ask this question. Oh, that's hilarious. But um. But it's true. It's, Everyone start exactly, as early exactly. as possible. Start exactly. as early as possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is very true. But going into this, like, there were so many things that I just didn't know that I didn't know. And so there was, the internet's not going to answer these questions for you. They're not going to give you personable responses or actually kind of take care of you along this process. So um, just anywhere, you need to find a resource to help you know the things that you don't know, or at least at least bring them up and, and, and put them to the table so that you can work on them, practice them a little bit. So um, I think it, it's, it's tough to do it on your own. It's, it's, it's tough to... Um, obviously schools are a big help clubs are a big help professional organizations are a big help you're I put you in the bucket of a professional organization so uh, you need help somewhere in my opinion because like, like, like I've said the, the talent pool is pretty competitive and, and it's not it's not easy to stand up against um, some of these people that are in this industry because they're it's it's pretty darn good you know, they, it, it attracts some of the best talent out there so you have to separate yourself some way somehow and really think about it and practice at it and work at it and and um you know if there's anything like focus like check the boxes you have to check the boxes otherwise you'll be kicked out but um like network with people whether you just forever right i mean outside of uh just the 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 one safe year for me to get into it like it this is more of like a lifelong journey that i see this is going on and it's I kind of credit to you a little bit and you've set me on a, a, a pretty cool path for the rest of my life. And I'd like to think of, you know, the next 40 years and not just the next two years that aren't, aren't going to be so fun, but uh, you know, I'm going to learn a ton and, and it's going to set up a lot of things going down the road. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. That's really, really good advice. And um, like you said, I, I totally agree with you. Um, a lot of times when I think about banking and the way I encourage my clients to think about banking is sure. We're, we're trying to get you a job in the near term. And for a lot of the people, maybe it's their first job out of school yeah. or second job, you know, in your case, but uh, it's not really just about that job. It's also about kind of like the direction this can kind of like set you, or this is the path that this can set you down uh, yeah. basically for the rest of your career. Right. And so um, obviously coming out of banking, uh, whether you stay in banking for the long run, which might happen, who knows. Right. Or even if you decide not to stay in banking, um, you just have so many more opportunities available to you, um, especially on Bay Area, man. I mean, like, you know this, I live in San Francisco. There's just <laughs> so many cool opportunities out there. It's also yeah. why I so Hey, I'm excited to go out there, man. <laughs> it feels it's it's, so damn expensive. <laughs> right. But, 
but 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 seriously though like you know if you go to banking and you have uh you now have this experience and you have these very desirable skill sets um and, and just qualities that employers look for um the sky's the limit you know there's just so yeah. many things to be able to do after this and i think that's what's really exciting and obviously you being a dad it's like i'm a dad like you know we we all understand this but um more opportunity just means that we're able to um, do a better job of right. taking care of the people that we love and care about and being able to provide the best life for them and things like that. So those are important things. And that's why it's so important to just, you know, have a career that's going to really like be fulfilling, but also yeah. um, help you do the things that you want to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just see it as an opportunity cost, right? You, you can, you can take a chance on yourself. You can try to do something that's, that's pretty hard. Or you can, or you can go down a valuation accounting route. Those those jobs will always be there. They're not going anywhere, and they're pretty easy to do. You live a pretty, I'd say, average life. They're they're, they're not hard uh, to do, and you'll work the nine to five. And yeah. once you do that, you'll soon realize that it's not fun, and you don't want to get stuck in that cycle. So, um, yeah. again, the earlier you start, the better. The, <laughs> you don't have to work the nine to five for a year and a half and, 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 and realize that it sucks. So, <laughs> right. right. Hey, and the and the and the pay bump going from valuation to yep. IB, I imagine, is not too bad either, right? Hey, you're, you're darn right about that. <laughs> Going to be offset by San Francisco, though. So not completely. <laughs> hopefully, I mean, you're moving from Chicago, so it's not. Exactly. Hopefully, it's not that big of a jump. But, um, but no, I mean, look. Uh, all in all, again, super happy for you, man. I mean, you're a great dude, obviously, and. Uh, you work super hard for this. So, um, you deserve, you deserve, uh, this outcome entirely. And, uh, you know, it was honestly really fun working with you and, uh, <clears throat> always, uh, makes me happy to see, um, really good people succeed. So, um, congrats again on that. And obviously, um, guys, for those of you who are listening to, you know, everything that Tyler's had to say so far, if any of this resonates with you, maybe you're in a similar situation as Tyler, Maybe you're looking to, uh, you know, switch industries, even though you've been working for a little bit, uh, but you're just not really sure how to go about it. And you're looking for a bit of extra help with that process. Then um, feel, feel free to reach out to us, right? Um, you know, you can schedule a free call with us. Um, you can do that at www.wallstreetmastermind.com slash apply. It's uh, streets abbreviated to ST. So it's wallstmastermind.com slash apply. And, you know, what we'll do is just, have that initial conversation with you to figure out what it is that you need help with. And if we can actually help, um, we'll try to not make it two hours like we did with Tyler, but, uh, <laughs> but, but no, we're really like, we'll really go deep and try to get to know your situation, what your goals are and see if we can help. And if we can, we're happy to help you and walk you through what that might look like. But if we can't, um, we'll be very honest with you and tell you that we can't because to be completely honest, not every single person, if you're already graduated, like I, I would say right. not every single person is, um, can still break into banking, right? I'm never going to sit here and tell you guys that, but um, if it can, you know, we'll definitely let you know if, if you can't and there's something else that we think you should, you should be doing instead, like we'll let you know that as well, right? So um, feel free to reach out to us. You know, we look forward to talking to you guys and uh, Tyler, just thank you for um, taking the time to come on here and talk to us today. Super absolutely helpful. appreciate it, Sam. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm sure we'll be in touch, especially now that you'll be out in San Francisco. <laughs> um, 
You have uh, to come back. I, I will be back there um, <laughs> at some point, I swear. My house is still there. So I'm not going <laughs> Once this COVID thing blows over, uh, I'll be I'll be back there. So we should, uh, we should catch up, man. Absolutely. I did, guys. Um, that'll be it for today. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you hopefully you guys enjoyed this, and uh, we'll be back with more of these in the near future. All right. Talk to you guys soon.